Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Tom Finn on the line. Tom, how are you? Michael, I'm great. Wonderful to be with you today. Wonderful to have you here. This is going to be a great conversation. It's definitely something that I have a passion about when it comes to employment, employees, wellness, and all that. So why don't you share a little bit about you and the work that you do? Yeah, Michael, my background is in healthcare and insurance originally, but I, I left that space to start a professional development and coaching company um, because I saw this change happening in the market where the next generation of employees were really looking for an entirely new type of employee benefit. And that is in the professional development arena or what we used to call executive coaching um, and now scaling that across employers, primarily driven by the fact that we're all struggling with mental health and burnout, which you're very well aware of. Um, We're all trying to figure out how we take these changes that have occurred over the last couple of years and implement them effectively into our into our new world of work. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you're in the US or Canada or UK or anywhere else in the world, um, or you're a small or medium-sized business, we're all faced with the great resignation. We're all faced with things that are affecting our businesses. And uh, that's why we created Leg Up, was to support uh, organizations small and medium-sized businesses that need the support to retain talent, uh, to promote productivity and well-being within their talent, uh, and so that they can effectively effectively operate their business in a modern world. Wow, are you needed. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's everything that I see in the work that I do and the people I talk to. You know, so many organizations struggle at so many different levels with retention, with executive leadership, uh, so many leaders uh, that became, you know, executives, C-suite, whatnot, you know, were promoted because they were really good at what they did and they stuck it out long enough, or maybe they bounced between some organizations in order to get to that role, but they really weren't trained in many cases. So, you know, making sure that professional development is a component and part of a benefits plan for an organization, you know, where your insurance background definitely comes into play because you're used to designing those packages. So, okay, what kind of risk insurance policy do you want? Okay, what kind of coverage do you need here and whatnot? Well, having professional development be part of that benefits package is so needed, so critical. And I applaud you for recognizing that as a need. And to the companies that are using you, I applaud them for for looking at that because strong organizations that have development as a goal to professionally develop people ongoing, it's not a set it and forget it, it's an ongoing thing, helps organizations navigate through, I don't know, pandemics, resignation or other challenges we've been facing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think um, at a macro level, the employer and the employee dynamics have just changed. Um, There's a rebalancing of power, if you will, between employers and employees. And what happened before was sort of this talent management model, right? And you can sort of think about the 1980s or the 1990s, where uh, as employees, we went to work, we were grateful to have a job. We had learning management systems that we had to check the box on. There was a workplace hierarchy. You know, you did what your boss told you to do. You showed up at the office at eight o'clock. You left at five. 
five. You, you went to group trainings, you did compliance stuff, right? And it was just, you were told what to do. And that was the culture. And I think what employers need to understand is this shift that's happened in the last couple of years is really meaningful. There's, there's low job satisfaction and loyalty. There's rising employee expectations. My goodness, there is an intense labor shortage. If you've tried to hire anybody in the last year, you know how tough it is to find the right talent. And I think that that part alone means that you've got to relook at how you're offering and benefits, particularly to your employees or your new employees. How are you going to attract, empower, and retain your employees going forward? That's the question that you have to answer. And it's not an easy question. It's actually a bit of a riddle. But I think there's five, there's five things that I, I want everybody to take away today when you think about how do I do this? Because um, we need to have some actionable steps. First, just understand there's, there's five areas that all employees are looking for. They're looking for professional growth. They are. And uh, quite frankly, the new generation is more into this than perhaps generations of the past. They're looking for ongoing skill development. They know that they want to continue to learn. Whether you went to college or didn't is irrelevant. Once you get in the work world, you really want to continue to learn. So that, that's item two. Um, number three, everybody's looking for an inclusive environment. So you've got to have affinity groups that are appropriately maintained for the larger organizations. For smaller companies, inclusivity can just mean putting your arms around different people, making sure everybody feels uh, appreciated and included in, in the culture of the organization. So four, on-demand support. You gotta have on-demand support. We all we all use our apps. We can order food. We can um, uh, have things dropped off at our doorstep from Amazon around the world, and we're used to it. So if it's not on demand, and I've got to wait thirty days to do something, it's not going to fly. Uh, and then maybe the most important is that we have to personalize these experiences. So if you are doing a oh my goodness, I have 50 employees or 200 employees, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to give everybody the same thing and see if it works. It's not going to work. You have to have customization and personalization at the employee level. So if you're not there yet, that's where you're going to have professional growth, ongoing skill development, inclusive, inclusive environments, on-demand support, and personalized programs. And all are really easy, but also really hard to implement if you are used to the old, like you mentioned, the 70s, 80s, 90s workflow. Because again, people have changed. Right now in the workforce, we have four generations working, maybe in some, possibly five, depending on you know someone working that's really, really young or really, really old. And each one of those generations have different needs. The Gen Y and Gen Z, and then the upcoming, I think it's Gen Alpha that's going to be coming. Uh, those generations, their needs are different. So trying to use that you know, square peg round hole analogy, it's like, look, it's not going to work if you just say everybody gets the same. It's not going to fly that way anymore. And with this pandemic, as many of us were sent home for a while, uh, some for quite a long time, some maybe not, life changed. You know, now we're a caregiver for somebody or maybe, you know, with the cost of things and the organization said, we're going to switch to a remote format. Many people said, you know what, I'm going to leave the expensive city and move out to the not as expensive country. Because That's I've right. got a good internet connection and everything's great. 
So those dynamics are changed. So now they're like, wait, no, we want you to come back to the office. You know, their commute was bad before. And like the commute would be like, I might as well just book a hotel room and stay during the week and come home on the weekends. It's not going to work. So you're going to see a lot of, a lot of deck chairs shuffling around. And, and we've seen it with, you know, the millions of Americans over the of a variety of different reasons. I think a lot of organizations are saying, what's the reason for it? It's not a reason. There are so many layers to it. And going back to what you said a moment ago, you can't have the one size fits all thing. If you've got 200 employees, you have 200 versions of how to work with that employee because yeah. you've got, they're all different and you can't do it. And if you don't have the capacity to do it, figure out a way to automate some things, but you know, make things easier and accessible, whether it's, you know, a, a you know, tiered system or whatever you want to do. And there's a lot of ways to do it. It really depends on will you get buy-in from the organization? And hopefully you will because attrition and turnover is extremely costly to business. You know this, and I know a lot of the listeners listen to the show and they recognize it as well. Depending on how level or how high the level of somebody you're trying to replace, you know, it could take them months or maybe even a couple of years before they really get into the groove of their work. And then next thing you know, they up and leave and you're like, oh no, not again. And that's what a lot of organizations have been struggling with, especially over the last year or so. Yeah. You know, there was always resignations and all that. That's always gone on, but it, the numbers are alarming. And it's to the point where organizations, as you said, need to realize that the power has shifted. You know, it's more, I don't want to say equal. I mean, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but it's a case of it's more of a collaboration or a partnership instead of the employer, I have money, you come work, you be happy, you make money. Well, a lot of people are like, you know what, I can make money doing something else. I can go drive an Uber or a Lyft and make money, or I can do this. And they've got that flexibility. That's why you see industries like the restaurant industry really struggling in finding people. And I saw a stat the other day where uh, I think there's a shortage of close to 80,000 truck drivers in the U.S., Truck drivers deliver our products and services, our food. And if there's a shortage of drivers, that means our supply chain is going to be messed up, which means we're not going to have the things in stock, which we may be familiar with that because we've seen that during the pandemic. And that's just going to create all kinds of chaos in a variety of different things, causes stress, causes burnout, which I'm familiar with. And it just makes a workplace environment really frustrating. And that's when people say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So it, that's, it, we have a huge challenge, but also a huge opportunity uh, in this type of situation that we're facing right now. Yeah, the, the, you're mentioning the buzzwords called the great resignation or the turnover tsunami, right? These are the buzzwords that we're seeing in magazines and, and we're reading on LinkedIn, et cetera. But I think there's, there's a lot more to it. Um, than just those buzzwords. It's it, people are leaving because there's a lack of professional resources, right? Leaders are overworked. Um, they lack modern manager skills uh, and there's cultural shifts within organizations. And so let's go back to that 200 person employer. If you're not focused on adding professional resources for your employees or making sure your leaders feel some level of stability with their stress levels and their burnout, they're going to find another option. And so gone are the days of, 
hey, I've got my medical insurance, my dental insurance, and uh, you know, a few well-being apps that help people sleep because I, you know, they're really cheap and I can scale them across 200 employees. So I check the box. Those days are gone. Um, you're not going to retain anybody with that. Uh, you have to think a little bit outside the box. And the reason that we created talent insurance was um, not because I have a background in insurance, Michael, but really because insurance is a model to lower cost. Coaching, personalization, um, professional development can be a massive expense. And for decades, it has been. And so if you're sitting there and you're thinking, yeah, I'd love to do that, but where's that budget going to come from? You're, you're, you're very much like all the other small and medium-sized businesses around the world that are having that same conversation. So what we did that's unique and different is we said, let's package this all into one business where we can be hired to come in and be the outsource partner where you can get the professional resources. It can be personalized. It can be inclusive. We can add modern manager skills. We can help you with your culture. And so it's all developed in one product we call talent insurance. And the reason we do that again is simply just a lower cost. Um, and then we take on the risk of the utilization just like an insurance company does um, to make the cost affordable for our customers. One thing, you know, knowing the insurance industry like I do, because I used to work for an insurance agency in an IT department many, many, many years ago. But one of the things that I know is you know, claims. If if you have a client that's using, you know, 150% of what you allocated in their policy, that's a problem. If, like in your situation, if somebody's using more than 100% of, you know, the talent stuff, at, you know, which is obviously beneficial, then you know, wow, this is actually an organization that may have some more challenges than we thought. Which again creates an opportunity for for you to say, okay, looks like you need some reinforcement in these areas let's let's take a look at that and i'm sure you've seen with you know the customers you have the turnaround and that's something that in the insurance business sometimes eh, you see some modifications but what you're doing now you get to visually see an organization turn itself around and actually start improving those numbers where their employees are healthier you know, both yep. mentally and physically, their productivity is increasing. Um, they're making more revenue because the quality is better, which allows them to expand, bring on additional people to address the resource problem. So you can actually see the ingredients are there. It's just a case of getting organizations to say, okay, let's put these ingredients in at the right time to flow through so you get you know, the result that you're looking for. That's, that's right. It's almost like creating a, a beautiful business flywheel, if you will. And you've got to get that engine started. And it starts with the productivity and well-being of every employee and figuring that out and measuring it and making sure that we understand it as leaders in an organization. Where, where are we today? Where do we want to be? And as you said, it's not just a one and done. This is a multi-year process. And so the best thing you can do is gather the data, start to implement programs and productivity and well-being, assign customization and coaching to every employee, give them the support they need, and then manage it over a period of years. And as you said, in the insurance model, you could be over 100% in terms of utilization, and that's okay. Um, what we'll do is we'll help you figure out what needs to change so that you can sort of 
ensure that you've got the right programming in front of every employee uh, so that they retain, um, you know, a good turnover model, right, it is somewhere in that 15% range. Um, you want some people leaving because you don't want people just sort of sitting on the bench, not paying attention. Uh, but there are customers that we have that have, that have decreased turnover by 40%, 40 percent, four zero. 40%. So they've hired us, they've changed one thing, and they've decreased turnover by 40%. I'm not saying that to, to pound my chest. I'm saying that because I want people to know you can solve this problem. There are tools and resources that can help you solve this problem and make sure you're retaining your, your top talent. I worked for a medical clinic several years ago, and I came in and replaced an interim director that was brought in to replace the original director that was unceremoniously shown the door. Mm -hmm. I'll go into details on that. But in the first two years of the existence, this medical clinic had a turnover ratio of 83%. Wow. These are medical professionals, master's level educations, clinicians, you name it, 83%. After my first year, I got that down to 6%. Wow. And what did I do? I listened to the people. I gave them access. They had influence and they felt empowered and they also felt included. So when we talked about things, like, okay, what do you think about this? And I would strategically pick certain people to lead certain projects and, and spread that around because I needed to know what was the talent I had. Because no one bothered to look and actually see, okay, yeah, we've got a nurse or a nurse practitioner or a social worker or other clinicians. Okay, yeah, we have those quote-unquote roles, but who are they? What do they want to do? What, what, what motivates them? What excites them? What's their career path? Yeah. You know, and what can I do to enable that to happen? And I had several people leave on their own afterwards because they were able to take the skills that they picked up and were promoted and took higher paying and better positions in the hospital sector or other areas. And I felt like a proud papa watching their kid graduate with honors because I'm like, sure. I created an environment. They did the work. I didn't do it. I, all I did was create an environment for them to thrive and they did. And that's all I wanted to do. It was like, I want to have an environment where you feel like you are part of this. This is in your DNA. You you enjoy coming to work. Healthcare is not, and you know it from the insurance side, healthcare is not an easy thing to do. And it certainly hasn't been easy over the last couple of years. But having an environment where there's support, people are able to do the things they want to do. They have a voice. They are not being, I don't want to say lied to, but being withheld information as to what's going on. Be open and transparent about things as best to your ability. And all of a sudden, those people feel like, okay, I'm actually making a difference. And that's why they stayed. And that's why I got that retention number to a more human level. Um, and instead of looking like a fast food restaurant hiring 16-year-olds. And because that's what it looked like. I, when I, I said, how is that number right? And then I literally went through the HR files and my original career is accounting. So I could run a couple numbers and like, well, what do you know? 83%. That's not good. Okay. What do we do to change it? And we did. And it's the same work that your team does. It helps organizations kind of take off the blinders and, and really get crystal clear on who your people are, what they need. How can you all work together to make something magical? Yeah, kudos to you for uh, putting that playbook together and going from 83% down into single digits. I think that's, that's a remarkable effort. Um, and 
and it can be replicated, right? You're giving everybody a bit of a playbook that you have to look at the human side of what we all do and how people feel at work. And we have to be a little vulnerable as leaders to be able to have those conversations and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm willing to, to listen. I, I want to hear your opinion. I want to be inclusive. I want to give you what you need to, to grow your career and I'm here for you. And that's how you, how you lead in a modern workforce. And I think the, the one addition that I, that I would add is that you don't have to do it on your own. That might sound a little scary to people. Maybe you're in leadership, you don't want to be vulnerable. Um, maybe you come from different parenting where, where you are very focused on uh, outcomes or uh, process or whatever it might be that is not that human side. And it's okay. Leadership has a lot of different lenses. But what I would tell you is if you are that type of person, you want to hire an organization to support you and help you so that you don't have to do it yourself. You hire that third party and ultimately they'll do it for you. And then you can have the same impact that that Michael had, you know, a few years ago, going from 83% to single digit turnover, you can do it too. You just might do it a little differently than the way Michael, you did it just based on your background as a therapist and cognitive behavioral therapy and understanding burnout. You know, you've got some tools that maybe the rest of us don't have. Um, and so there are options is, is really where I'm going with this for others to be able to replicate your model. Yeah, the fields are rich with work and a lot of organizations need our assistance. So I'm thankful that your organization exists to help those organizations. So Tom, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and all this amazing work? Yeah, go ahead. On LinkedIn at uh, Tom Finn uh, Leg Up, you'll find me. Uh, if you'd like to listen to a podcast that we call Talent Empowerment, uh, feel free to dial in to talentempowerment.com or find us on any uh, podcast that you listen to, Talent Empowerment Podcast. I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. So, Tom, again, thank you so much for this conversation. Loved having the chat with you and continued success in this very, very important work. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.